All rightio, let's start this. Hey, hey mamas. mamas, welcome back to another episode. I'm Jess. I'm Erica. And <laughs> why do I always say and? <laughs> Guys, I, I hope you've all been enjoying the guests that we've had. I hope you guys, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I feel like it's been a while since we don't have anyone to introduce. Yeah. But yeah, we've been so busy working on so many, so many brand new things that we've got coming up. So super exciting. Yes. We are just planning. Like, you know, everything takes time and love and patience. No, and the reason that we haven't been able to like kind of sit down and have a catch up, just me and you, is because we have so many guests lined up. And sometimes someone comes and it's like, oh, can I go on your podcast? And we're like, oh, when can we put them in? Like the other day, it wasn't even a joke. We were like, oh, maybe 2022, because that's how full we're getting. And it's like, we don't want to be rude to have someone on and then launch the episode in like July when they've recorded in February. And the episode is like, happy Valentine's Day. Literally. No, but but not, not to be big headed or anything, but honestly, it's been busy and we think every single one of you that come on and I think like Erica's mentioned a few times everyone's story is different everyone's story matters and so I think we've touched on it before you know like um in terms of like storytelling that some people might think oh you know people just share like the good but some for some reason even though everyone loves a good story there are times where we won't share our own and that's when like you find out you're stopping from other people um kind of connecting with you Mm. um you know it's the important of storytelling as the experience itself is once a story is shared it becomes part of all of us yeah and all of us can kind of be like oh my god yeah i've gone through that or someone learns from it and won't make the same mistake or at least you have something there to back on like maybe if something's happened to you and you're like oh you know i was listening to Mama's Cold and I heard this. So maybe you all have some kind of like backup story to go with what what's happening in your life at that precise moment. Do you know what? That reminds me actually, you know the episode two weeks ago with um, about my innocence. I, I think we were so taken back that day of how many people had got back to us with their stories. May I just, I, I remember keep, and I kept messaging Jess and I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to have to like log off, take a day off of Instagram because we never like, and we love it because we can't even say like, it's, it's like a lot for us, but we love the feedback. We love how much people are connecting with us and it's not something easy, you know, like just going to a complete stranger and telling like a really deep secret. Some of these people were like, oh, you know, not even our, my parents know. Mm. But yeah, it, you've told a complete stranger and it's 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 fulfilling in a way because it's like our purpose is being yeah. filled. Like, you know, the open therapy sessions and everything we're about is, is, is there, you know? Like, you know that they've actually been a bit relieved of that weight off their shoulder and they've actually... Because a lot of yeah. them have actually expressed like, oh my God, like I've never said this and I feel so much better now. And even though some situations we've not been in, we're actually able to maybe give them a different point of view. Um, no, we always need to remember that, you know, it is important that we don't silence ourselves or suppress our opinions, you know, the ideas we have and the experiences we go through. Because again, just that we, when we did that episode, just like me and you, we felt like, oh my yeah. God, it's just such a hard subject. And then seeing how many people came forward with their stories, we were thrown back by it. And 
you know, getting different people's opinions. We've obviously have questions and people were so open about every yeah. single story that we were told. And it was like, obviously we would like, you know, we don't be, want to be intrusive, but we would ask the question and then the answer will come straight back. And we, I think we learned a lot. Yeah, and do you know, absolutely do you know what was beautiful as well? That everyone that did share the story with us embraced it. Some of them were obviously still very much healing, but a lot of them were actually like, yeah, you know, like I just kind of move on. And um, so that was great. And, and just touching on that, guys, thank you so much. Honestly, we would never get tired of saying how much we appreciate everyone that engages with us and everyone that shares a podcast, likes our stories, comments. Honestly, it does it does help spread the word to other mums or parents that, could find this useful and you know what and I've got to say this because I was thinking about the other day that we have like quite you know quite a lot of followers and you get like two likes (laughs) and it's like it doesn't cost you to share something maybe you're maybe you're a first-time mom and everything is going fantastic for you but maybe by sharing that post or that episode another parent on your following might actually connect with it and might actually help them because as you said not not a lot of us like to open up and say you know oh my god how do I deal with this situation how do I deal with this child or you know so it's kind of like if you the more you share the more we can connect with different people and the more you don't know who you can be helping out there to be honest um but yeah just want to say thank you for all of that guys and we're coming up to a year whoop imagine one year at this at this point I think it was already in talk like you had yeah. already like bombarded oh God, our yeah. um what's up with oh my god so guys <laughs> have an idea do you know what I'm gonna find that conversation and I'm gonna post it on our one year anniversary <laughs> so everyone can see or maybe maybe if it was around these dates I'll I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna post it this week I remember me and Fish were just kind of like looking at it like what oh Jessica <laughs> I bet she really daunted waking up to like a thousand messages. Oh, for fuck's sake, I don't even want to open this chat. Mama's Code. Guys, to all our new listeners and our new followers, welcome to Mama's Code. We are trying to build that village that every single person needs, that community that everyone needs, that open therapy room where you can just come and dump your emotions and we can talk them out to the universe and express yourself freely and non-judgmental for everyone who might feel a bit pushed back or not pushed back held back from like telling their story is you know when you tell your story you enhance your personal growth and maturity kind of going back to Vanessa's one we saw how much you know some people might you know judge and you know we've got a few people questioning like how does a person not you know put forward their their abuser and stuff but you know being confronted with the unfortunate realities that come with having difficult conversations or sharing negative or triggering experiences can be worth the growth growing not only for yourself but also for those who choose to be actively engaged you know Mm. and like you said like seeing all the feedback we received showed us just how much each episode impacts differently one way or another but we get a lot of engagement and like Jess says and I have to emphasize this the more you guys engage with us the more we can kind of know what route to take things in if you guys just you know one day like we get a lot when people are like oh my god can you talk about this and then me and Jess will get onto it because although we have a lot of ideas in books 
we would love to hear everyone's feedback in in like every single episode or what you guys would like to hear because again this is everyone's platform yeah i think this is yeah you guys are our our priority because we want to be the voice of what you're feeling and speak you out basically and having said that guys this leads us on quite nicely to today's um topic actually we had a um friend and mother that she wrote into us and she said look i want to share my story i really want to get this off my back but i don't obviously want to be on the show because she was quite nervous and she prefers to stay anonymous so we're going to read out the email that she sent us and then we'll go from there mama i love you it starts off like this after my first child was born my anxiety hit me it was sudden like someone had flipped a switch i was fearful for his safety his health and I was obsessed with protecting him. Things started with me only wanting to go out with my boyfriend. I was nervous about being responsible for him on my own. I had thoughts like what if I need the toilet but I can't get the buggy in there? Or what if I faint when I'm out? Who would look after him? And more extreme irrational fears like what if someone kidnaps him? It was long and exhaust it was a long and exhausting two years where I was on an- on antidepressants lacked motivation to do anything going back to work helped for the most part I felt like I was human again but the days where Zaya would get ill I'd feel terrible leaving him my anxiety would slowly creep up again I'd scroll through Instagram and almost wish I, I was those influencers who got up to spend who got to spend all the time with their kids who seemed that who'd seemed to have their life set I remember when Isaiah turned two I felt like we were finally able to bond I loved his cuddles. He had a sassy personality which cracked me up. My boyfriend and I finally were in a good place. Back to our old selves, going on date nights while the grandparents took care of Isaiah for the weekend. I remember so vividly that on March 2017, I felt sick and tired. I wasn't acting like myself. I was very irritable. I went to the GP because everything was bothering me. It was starting to affect my job The usual routine questions were asked. Do you have a family history of depression? Could you be pregnant? Obviously, pregnancy was never in my mind. I was on the implant. I can't be that unlucky. Can I? (laughs) I don't know why I laughed, but it's just the same the way I said it. Anyways, I got sent to Queen's Mary Hospital to do a few scans on my head. At this point, I think the doctors thought I was mad. Lol. (laughs) <laughs> but then, after a few blood tests, the day of the results were here. was here. I remember walking into that room and the doctor said, Congratulations, you are pregnant. Promise, I felt my soul leave my body. It must have ran away because it was not looking forward to what was about to hit us. One thing that has surprised me about this being a grown-up luck... Huh? One thing that has surprised me about this being... About this being a grown-up... I don't get that. One thing that surprised me about being a grown-up. Oh, (laughs) one thing. (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) One thing that has surprised me about being a grown-up is how, for me, the decision to have a second baby hasn't been as straightforward as it was first time around. Back then, in our footloose and fancy-free days, the conversation between Mr. P and I went something like, oh, our friends are pregnant. Do we want that? I think we do. Are we ready? I think we are. 
okay, let's do it. It was exciting and brilliant and we were full of hope for the future. This time, however, memories of morning sickness, giving birth, sleepless nights, and more than anything, postnatal depression are lodged firmly in my brain where they fight on a daily basis with feelings of love towards my son, feelings of gratitude that we have him in our lives and a desire to grow our family, give him a sibling. This battle has been going on since my son was around 18 months old. I always thought that I'd want more children. I just don't know if I'm mentally strong enough to do it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well beautifully read, <laughs> Erica. <laughs> right, Thanks. where do we start? Hmm. Jesus Christ, there's just so much. Firstly, oh. how funny is it that we all think about what if I need to use the toilet but I can't put the buggy in? You know the toilets in Westfield, the baby, the baby toilet. It's really small, mm. and like my buggy's not really my buggy's like not the biggest. And I remember going in there and think and like really tired. And I started feeling like the escape room. Like how <laughs> how do we get out of this? Like it's so tight. I think as a parent, because I think it happens to both men and women, you do get really panicky, mm. especially if it's your first. Um, there are a lot of irrational thoughts in your head. Like I, for one, can definitely relate to what if someone kidnaps him? Because I always, even till now, mm. my son's six, and I sometimes if Joel's like running ahead, I always think of like the worst case scenario, you know, someone like stopping the car, snatching, and because... I think it's mainly because we process so much media now and like everything that we see, it kind of like just lingers in the back of our brain and we automatically put that into our lives. So we put push that into existence, basically. So we, if, if like, for example, recently I've read, you know, oh, a man in, in Holborn tried to snatch a kid from his mum's hand. In my head, that will just keep lurking and I'll always think, oh my God, I can't let go of Joel's hand because that fear is inflicted into mm-hmm. us. Um, so so I can definitely relate that yeah I, I I don't know it's just it's a lot like I think as a parent we do go through a lot a lot and then you know without putting postnatal depression into the picture being a first-time parent you do overthink absolutely everything um everything becomes the biggest deal even you know the smallest things I think I don't know for the second time round, I'm so much more relaxed and now that you think about it when you kind of compare you're like what what the hell was what was wrong mm. with me and you know and you will get people like say like parents or you know grandparents will always look at you like oh relajese. it's not that mm-hmm. big of a big deal but it's different like you know my experience to your experience is completely different for like when you had leo I could be thinking, why is she panicking so much? Mm. But it's completely, it's your first time. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't possibly, I can't possibly think that you're going to f- feel what I'm feeling. Like, yes, you know at the end, deep down in your mind, that everything will be okay. But you have to go through the tough road to get there. And I think everyone needs to get, like, you know, go through the hardness of parenting to realise at the end, oh, you know, it was not that, that much. That, you know, when you hear, oh my God, the sleepless nights. Right now, we've passed the sleepless nights. Yes, they will, you know, wake up early here and there. But that phase has gone. And then all of a sudden now, oh, I want another baby. It's like, so what is it? You just mm. went through, like, depression because you have, you can't sleep. And I remember we, me with Joel, like, sometimes I would, like, be so frustrated when I used to feed him. I used to be like, oh, my God, why is this kid waking up so much? Mm-hmm. I used to, like, honestly, 
to the point I once thought, I was like, nah, I shouldn't have done this. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, you start thinking <laughs> stupidness. Where like, do I go drop him off at the fire station? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And sometimes you kind of think like, you know, if, if you think that, and then we go back to like, say when you see again in the news, oh, this kid was abandoned mm. here. We don't, like, we can only judge from what we're seeing, mm-hmm. but we don't know the full story. And I think that's where sometimes we can get caught up in what we see mm-hmm. in the media. We don't get the full load down. Like a mum could be, you know, suffering from like severe mental health. And now she's being judged um, but because she left her child there. Exactly. Or... Like, are, are we judging her just because she left the child or are we judging, or would we judge her if she kept the child, but would mentally abuse mm-hmm. him? Like, they, they, like we don't kind of like scale it out and balance it out. Or she was to wake up and be dead because she couldn't hack exactly. it. So rather than affect her child, she's gone and affected herself. And you know what? It's so right what, what you've just said. I think it's very, it it's very much, obviously you feel this way the first time round because you don't want to fail your child and fail yourself as well because there's so, because I think when you go into parenting, there is so, especially from like our older generation, there's so much expectation and maybe so much of like, you can't fuck this up like you had one job kind of thing so and I think it's just learning to let go of that a bit and and kind of embrace it because I think the more expectations you have the harder you will have harder over time you will have and I think you know what saying seeing her thought process of the first time around we were like yeah let's have a kid and you know we're at a good point in our relationship I feel like that will always be the situation for most people in stable relationships that are have reached that point the second time round a lot of people tend to jump on and say oh you've already done it you can do it again and like come on it's just you know when are you gonna have the sibling for whatever whatever but it's like it's so different because you know what's coming, you know what's happening. If you've had a very shit experience for your first child, whether it was sleepless nights, whether it was colic, whether it was postnatal depression, anxiety, rage, you already know what the possibility is. Whereas pre-baby, you know about these things. Like nowadays, you're a bit more aware. You may not think it would happen to you because we always, as humans tend to say that could never be me right you think about having a sibling much more than you would have the first time because the first time you were probably so horny you're like oh my god give me a baby and then we're here now but the second time around you've already experienced so much so much distress so much if you've of course if you've had a shit time that you why would you want to put yourself in that situation again and this is something that people don't understand you know them throwing the question left right and center when are you going to have a kid or when are you going to have yeah. another baby? And it's like, we, we're not we're not going to go around and tell every single person, look, the reason why I don't is because I was depressed. Or I, because you kind of, we're so programmed to keep these things to ourselves because we don't want people to look at us like, um, it's not this, it's not that hard. This is why I've become really sent, like, sent, aware about asking this question. Yeah, and I think for the most part, like people, like you say, like that there's just so much, um, so so many reasons as to why someone may not be ready. Not that they don't want to. There are some people that just don't want to because of the experience they've gone through. You know, some kids are really hard. Like, and you always almost think, like, you know, I've got you. You're this kind of way. 
And although in your mind you already know this kid is going to, you know, grow up and it, mm. their, their whole personality is going to change, it sticks with you how hard it's been to, like, help them grow. Another aspect that we can touch on is, you know, if you have a baby and you feel like this baby's kept you at home and you can't find yourself to go back to work, you feel like you're almost leaving your career to raise babies some women that mentally messes them up you know um another reason you know lack of help around the house from the other half you know some women have to do it alone and imagine adding another baby into that it's like well everyone's rushing me but who's going to come at two in two in the morning to help me and a lot of people don't see that and i think it's selfish because people kind of like just throw away the question and it's like oh yeah well you know he's getting big she she needs a sibling and I think we touched this with um Steph in one of the uh episodes we did earlier on you know everyone would always be like oh when are you going to give La Nina a baby sister baby brother and it's like how do you know what I've been through like how can you sit there and like kind of judge and say oh well you know she's old enough don't let it go to and yes we all have that mentality you know oh um it, the older they get, the more we're going to kind of be behind the things. No matter the age, it's the same shit as, you know, you can't have kids over 30. Yes, you can. You need to stop with that. Like, having babies in your 20s is great. Having babies in your teens, it's it's good. Like, everyone will survive it. Having a baby after 30 does not make you any less of a mother. Or, oh, because she's too old. She's not going to be able to cope. I know tons of people that have had babies way past their 30s touching their 40s and they're amazing mothers Mm. you know and they've had that career focused time and now they can fully focus on their kids if that's what they want but again people always seem to judge and judge and they just I just think we live in a in a society that no matter what you do it's never perfect to other people's eyes Mm. like they it's like someone's set on stone what it is at what age how you're meant to like raise your child it's just it's just something else to be fair the question in itself is selfish and because honestly everyone always focuses on the child being alone rather than what did the parents go through and you've just made a really valid point like about the the support that you've got at home say for instance you've had a child with your partner you split or you're living as if there's no relationship romantically because a baby will put a strain on 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 your relationship whether it's you know the smallest strain or not in one way or the other it will and it will take you a couple of months to get back to how you were just simply because the mother will always be so focused on the child and trying to get things right and trying to like you know we we spend so much time educating ourselves trying to make sure that we are doing the right thing that we just get so consumed and to be fair let's face it, our children require a lot of our attention. So, you know, people saying this, it's like, maybe the child is four or whatever. It doesn't mean your relationship at home is the best. And maybe you're starting to get back there and then what's, you know, throwing a spanner in the works and having another baby, what's that going to do to you? Having said that, the doctor is saying congratulations. <laughs> do you know what? I, ridiculous. I get it. Having a baby is a miracle right it's a it's a big thing but i i I think as professionals they should know that yes because we get that like we get some of congratulations but we've also had guests 
on the show yeah on the show like we've got a tv show <laughs> that say oh are you going to keep yeah. it do you want like they automatically think that you're ready to and abort they feel, and it's like they feel like, like what abort. what do you mean i'm gonna abort they yeah. know like they know what's going on in your brain and i think that's really unfair like i think it should just be a, a neutral, neutral thing mm-hmm. and kind of like ask you be like how do you feel about this mm-hmm. that's like the priority question not what are you going to do? No, not what. The person, you've literally just told someone they're pregnant. They need to digest this information. No one makes a decision like yeah. this. So I think ideally it would be nice if professional doctors would just like sit down for a moment, maybe take a breather and be like, "What? how do you feel? How does this make you feel? Instead of just shouting congratulations and bringing out like <laughs> maracas and shit. I think that's the question. <laughs> how do you feel and what would you like to do? Because yeah, it, it's the same as, you know, we've had people talk about their miscarriages and it's like, you, you're going through your miscarriage at that moment in the hospital and they're asking you, so what, how do you want to finish t- this? It's like, what do you mean? Like, or, or can you let me digest oh, no. this? Yeah, you weren't that far enough, so it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's, like, and it's like, it hurts me, mm. no matter how far I was in my pregnancy, it's still my baby. Mm. Like, and I've had people, like, tell me, like, you know, oh, the person showed no compassion. Mm. It was kind of like, oh, here, here's a leaflet. Go home now. Go sit in that room and, and I just, just I think don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, mm. I think, I think that, and I feel like that can make the person f- feel very, like, shit, am I reacting in the wrong way? Because you instantly feel that pressure to feel some sort, sort of way that you think, wait, what? Mama, I love you. So, let's continue. I'll be working on my laptop in my local Costa and a mum will come in with a small baby in a pram. My stomach will flip over. Not in that, oh, I really want another baby way, but in a gut-wrenching way as memories of being a new mum, being so lonely, feeling utterly incapable of getting through the day in one piece, come flooding back. FYI, just typing that sentence made me cry. Just thinking about those lonely days back at the beginning when you have no clue... (laughs) All right. Well, when you're up in the middle of the night Thinking, and no I'm one's there to talk yeah, to you. And your husband's just like snoring in the... <laughs> snoring away, yeah. I, do you know what? I have to say this. I always appreciate Dee because every time I was up at three in the morning, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see she's just posted like two seconds ago. I'll be like, oh, hey, we meet again in the middle of the <laughs> night. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see mothers of toddlers announcing their second or third pregnancy. When my son was a toddler, the idea of being a pregnant again made me feel physically sick these women mustn't have struggled with the decision i tell myself for them it must have been very easy because you're supposed to really want to have a baby aren't you it's meant to be an instinctive gut feeling that overwhelms you and dominates your every thought until you get pregnant so having conflicting feelings about it feelings that are as strong as each other is confusing and exhausting but once again my mind decided to fuck up again I went into deep depression. Having a baby wasn't in my books. The thoughts of hurting my son came lurking back. Pregnancy was awful for me. I struggled with one child. I can't imagine dealing with two small small kids. I don't think I can mentally do it, my mind kept telling me. What if my depression continued until I pushed away? Until I pushed everyone away, I asked myself continuously. The matter here is, I was in such a dark place that I started to self-harm secretly. I'll do it on my shoulders, I'd cut my feet, I'd pinch my head. Sorry, (laughs) you can't pinch your head. (laughs) I'd punch my head. (laughs) You 
just trying to pinch your head. Sorry. So inappropriate. I'd punch my head, slap myself. Cooking became the worst because staring at that knife, I'd think at ways I could make it look like an accident. But somehow, hearing Isaiah's voice in the background would pull me back to reality. Oh. I remember one day feeling so lost and lonely. My mind was so on overdrive and I could not cope, so I took 10 paracetamols and 7 cetrolane pills with a bottle of JD we had lurking around the house. I don't remember much on what happened. I woke up in hospital and had flashbacks of the doctors rushing and pressing buttons all in the room. When I woke up, the first thing they mentioned was they had to pump my belly due to the overdose. I felt relieved because I thought, okay, the pregnancy must be over. But no, that little blob was still there. People may think I'm awful or f for feeling stuck once again, but my soul could not cope. I remember a nurse asking me why I had tried to take my life. And my response was, I just can't cope with this pregnancy. I don't want it. I don't want to feel what I felt before. I'm not selfish for just wanting to be mentally stable for my baby Isaiah. And I could see she teared up and I said, and said, I understand. For a moment, I felt great not being judged for my decision. The doctors came in and explained what would happen and what the procedure to end the pregnancy was. I signed a few paperwork and it was over. I felt my soul return to my body. That gut-wrenching feeling like someone was holding onto my neck was not letting me breathe was over. I know no one can promise me I'll never feel sad again, but I know what I did was the right decision for me. I put my mental health for my son before anything. If I couldn't be a mother to my child for two years because I suffered so much, why would I ever want to put myself at risk of feeling that again? P.S. Thanks for sharing my story, girls, and for creating a safe place for mothers like myself. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Is that my ratings to her, though? For pu pushing through every single person's opinion and not caring. And I think... Like some people might be listening and be thinking that they find it stupid. Like, why didn't she end it from the first place? And and me and Jess did ask this because we did think, well, you know, if you went through it at the end, why didn't you just do it? You know, that was an option. Her religion doesn't allow it. And it wasn't in her belief to do so. Obviously, she had the support from her husband and stuff. But I just think it kind of weighed heavy on her. And um, we obviously didn't go too deep into the um, topic, but she did say for religion belief, she didn't do it. She just felt horrible in thinking that she would end the baby's life. Um, so she thought it would be just be best. Because at that point, I think when she was deep down in that depression, she felt she wouldn't be a good mom for Isaiah. So she thought, it would be best if she just went and she left the world. Um, thankfully, thankfully, she didn't. And like, she's an amazing mum. Um, but yeah, um, that's what practically why. Didn't you say her mum had her mom had some word in it as well? Well, yeah, like she, because of the religion belief, her mum didn't support it. But obviously, I think when she saw that, obviously taking her life was next on her man. yeah exactly like how desperate must you be um it's it's crazy because you know what it, it takes a lot to decide that you're going to take your life knowing that there's a little child out there that 
you're basically their center of the universe and i think this is when people tend to think oh you know that could never be me or how could you go and kill yourself when your child's in the room but men mental health is an illness in in the state of mind and the thoughts that you're having you can't control them when you're that deep in i think you sometimes may have a clear moment where you think oh my god no i can't do this which is when you know you can pull yourself through but i think it's very hard and constantly being reminded of how her first pregnancy was and like her son was two imagine two whole years like if anything the first two years are like probably takes probably on average is what it takes a person to start feeling like okay they got this and when they do it's like oh here comes a new phase um and i think it's just very important the same way that we all talk about mental health this this and that that she actually chose herself first and i think a lot of parents forget this when they have a child because we drop everything for our kids and let's be honest we put them in front of us almost all the time but she actually took took that step and was like nah i i can't like i need to be good for my baby and i think also like touching on her story is like as a parent i can't begin to imagine not feeling a bond with my child for two whole years not Mm. wanting to spend time with the baby you know see like and i remember um i would I, i asked her i was like um how like how was he with you and she was like oh he would always be like mummy this and you know like boys are mummy's boys and stuff and she said that he got so used to the rejection that he wouldn't really go to her he would always go to his dad but then when he would get hurt he would like kind of call out for his mummy um and she did say she was like I'd feel awful but the bond just wasn't there like my depression and the pills she got sent would like put her in a really dark place before she even got better um so I think I don't know like again there will be a lot of judging into the story you know well if you can if you had one you can you know you'll get over the next one I I just don't think that's the way we should think and like you said um a parent's mental well-being should come first because if you're not okay you won't be okay for your baby and kind of like to put ourselves in her shoes and kind of think for a moment, we've been able to bond with our child, whether it's, maybe it's not instantly, but it hasn't been two years. So for for you as a parent to not feel the love we think we have to feel mm-hmm. or the bond we, we are made to think we have to feel for our child, it must be very daunting because you must think, shit, maybe I wasn't built to be a mum am mm. I broken is there something internally wrong with me to not feel this endless love for my child mm. and then once obviously she says that once it started to get better you know her relationship with her husband started to pick up mm. her life was kind of like the puzzle was like falling into place and then it just kind of like messed everything up and again it's a thing where she wasn't just she got pregnant because oh yeah you know mistake no she was on the implant Hmm. 
Um, so yeah, there, there are a lot of factors in the story where I, th- I feel some people might feel judgy, you know, not agree with certain things that she may have done. But again, like the important thing is, you know, she's well, her son is well. And I think that's ultimately the most important thing that she put her sanity before anything. Mm. And listen, at the end of the day, this situation will always be 50-50. For us, it's very easy to be like, oh no, but you know, you've been there before, you know how to work around it and how to get yourself out of this. So for us, it's very easy to be like, yeah, just give it a try or whatever. But it's 50-50. It can genuinely be the best pregnancy and the best thing for her as well as it could be the end of her because if it was like that the first time round, what guarantees you that she won't actually succeed the next time round? um i just wanted to point out as well that i think you said it the fact that there's so many influences around us that make us feel like is it wrong the way i'm feeling is it wrong that i want to like you know for instance sometimes you say like oh fuck's sakes like this child or I just need a break. And some people will look at you sideways and be like, oh, you have to be patient or, oh, don't say that. It's like, listen, you can actually say these things. It doesn't mean you're going to go and abandon your child. Like, it's normal to want to feel like that. Don't look at me like it's not. <laughs> no, I think, like, obviously, like, I'm, I always agree that you need to um, be aware of your emotions. You need to, you know, I think expressing these feelings is giving you a voice like you know nothing is perfect in our lives we're human beings and whoever thinks that their life's perfect is absolutely trying to shit because relationships are not perfect we have endless arguments Mm. you know it's not all like a little fairy tale and we sprinkle roses every time yes at the beginning the honeymoon period is great you wait until you get far down the line yes there are going to be arguments and a baby does put a strain in your relationship. Whether you're, you've got billion dollars, whether you're poor, it doesn't matter how you're feeling or in what kind of category you're at. You, your, your relationship will be put to test. It, and, and as the kids grow older, it gets worse because that's when kids start kind of testing you. Oh, you know, my daddy is in charge. You're not in charge. And it's kind of like, (laughs) who's teaching this little motherfucker to say that? Yeah, like, and it will, like, you know, sometimes you will disagree the way, like, someone in your household will tell your child off. But And these things Mm. start testing your patience. Because, and I've, I've touched on it a lot, you know, me and Ollie have learned so much from it and we've grown from it, you know, we now know that I can't take Ollie's like, mm-hmm. authority away. Yeah, no, because then they will know, yeah. oh, yeah, well, my oh, dad's yeah, a dickhead, course. like he doesn't have no say in this house. And then when I will need his help, he's yeah. going to be like, uh, nah, you took that authority away from me. Don't come and help me now when your kids are like mm. derailing. <laughs> Do you know what you say that? I think I think these past two days have been like Leo has pushed his buttons like I think lockdown is getting to, <laughs> I think is you know they say the testing twos I think this is it and I think because we know that this is a phase that's coming and we've heard so many people talk about it, we don't let it overwhelm us to an extent of course we're gonna get pissed off but so the other day yeah I think it was yesterday Jay literally, like, he shouted 
not in a way of like ah, but he was just like firm but with like that loud tone and his like all every single vein in his head like came out and I was standing at the kitchen door like my heart had just been ripped out of my chest and I was I was so pissed off but I was just like I can't like I can't I can't say anything like <laughs> because that would have been me had I been in the living room and had he been in the kitchen that would have been my reaction and like you say we we came halves with this child I can't just go and be like oh my god no because he came out of me you can't tell him off but that shit hurts <laughs> I was looking at him like you're a dickhead no but that but but you say that but when Leo grows up and you you are having a hard time. You know, like I know, for example, if if Jojo's giving mm, me a hard time, I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna call your dad because he knows we're both firm individuals. He doesn't. He knows that he. It's not one of those relationships yeah, yeah, where yeah. oh no, my mum says oh no, don't shout at him or don't do that because children are very smart. They start picking up on these little things, and you know, even when the dad oh my mummy my mummy said you can't do that. You can't because your kid's not going to stay little. These things like that are not going to hurt you when they grow up mm. and they basically tell you yeah, to fuck absolutely. off. Absolutely, it's and a two-way road. You look at your husband like uh, he just told me to fuck off, and like, Jay will be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know he was my child. You took that authority <laughs> from me ages ago. Yeah. So you deal with your child. This is who you've raised because you're taking away the opportunity of, mm, you know, him absolutely. setting ground rules it's as a well. Two-way road, you know. And I think in in something like absolutely, that, absolutely, yeah we as mom and dad are a unit to we're both responsible we need to tag team with this so how am I gonna you know back down or all of a sudden turn on you because you've like shouted at my child um but yeah I think yeah and, and sorry I was just gonna add the the whole influencer life you know you just go on Instagram and everyone looks so perfect and happy and it's like we know that this is just for the highlights but or or do you know what like gets to me it's like when they put like ads or like you know they do the stories and they just get like (laughs) gifts from here and there and you must think fucking hell like what do i have to do to get gifts (laughs) meanwhile i'm counting like my pennies to try buy myself (laughs) from this or rante in tesco babe i can send you one amazon prime (laughs) no but you know what it is it's hard work and, and i think and you know do you know what the other day we posted um, this part of a generation that no longer sugarcoats motherhood. And that in itself is just amazing because we, yeah, you can have your influencer lifestyle, but what's the point if it's not like that, you know, 24-7? We're so, we embrace the, the shit moments in parenting. And I think this email that we've just read kind of shines that on in every single point basically you know she went from the the way she felt with the first child on you know her fears and anxiety and oh my god what if someone kidnaps my child to now apparently the whole world thinks you're an expert at being a mom so now the second child will be easy but she's literally gone through every single stage and look at her striving and and being the best yeah absolutely yeah and like we like what I I stated at the beginning you know just her like she was scared to come on but 
you know, the power of her sharing her story and being true to herself reaffirmed what she believes in. And no one can like, you know, she said, I know I'm going to get criticism. People are going to mm. be thinking, oh, well, she's fucking selfish for, you know, giving up a life. And, you know, how many women are wishing they could have a baby? Yeah, but every mm. person's story is different. And like, it's boosted her confidence. Like she was so excited when she sent it over to us. Um, and it's pushed her to be a better person. And her decision mm. in itself has pushed her to be a better person because she's pushed herself to be a better mother for Isaiah. It may, yes, it did make her a bit uncomfortable. It made us a bit uncomfortable because, you know, it's the first time we kind of read our story, but reading it and kind of like putting ourselves in her shoes before mm. we even questioned anything that was on there. Um, but the lasting impact is empowering mm-hmm. and, and liberating, you know, being able to share her story and touch on things that we agree and disagree with. You know, we all have our opinions and people listening will have their, you know, oh, but if, but, but this, but, and it's fine. It's absolutely fine because that's what it's about. When you share a story and you're so open about it, um, you're just, you're, you're, you put yourself out there for criticism. And it's, there's, there's no right or wrong way. Every single person will do things differently. Mm. But this is her story. And, you know, it, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Her story is her story. It doesn't have to impact anyone else's life. And maybe if someone else was to go for it, they'll do things differently. And that's, again, perfect because yeah, it's, it's just your a, own it's story. It's just to say someone out there is going through the same situation, is going through that same frustration of shall I have another child or, oh my God, I'm pregnant with another child and it's okay to feel like I don't want this. And you know what? Just at the end of her email when she said that she just felt that relief, like she could literally breathe again, like you can almost feel that and that's just, go have a happy life. Literally. But again, thank you so much to her for sharing her story with us. As soon as there's no guess, what do we do with the golden tip? <laughs> I think it's just, I think we've, we've, but basically shared a lot in you know different ways where you could share your story and um it may be easier to maybe share it with someone that you don't know like we've touched with the you know um I lost my innocence one we had a lot of people that don't know us but felt comfortable Mm. to share it with us no story is um not important every single story matters and again, like we don't want to kind of promote that this this story in particular, um, that if you're feeling this kind of way, that that's the way you can go forward. Um, it's ultimately your decision and you you will know what's best, you know, whether you, you think, okay, I can do this and I will keep the, the baby. Or again, if you feel you can't and mm. you shouldn't, it shouldn't matter what other people think. And I don't think mums or spouses should have a, an opinion. I definitely think in terms of like aborting and stuff, you, it should be a two, two-way thing because, you know, you didn't make the baby by yourself. But the final decision is yours because it's your body. I think the importance is to think about yourself as well before everything because it's your life changing. And again, it's not selfish to want a better life or to want the life you have if you're living a comfortable life, that isn't selfish for you to think, I don't want this. Um, because it is daunting, you know, thinking, oh my God, everything's going to change. And like our, our guest, um, she was comfortable. She was finally getting her life together. And then this came like a, 
you know ice cold water if anything it's more selfish to go ahead with it knowing that you don't want it because then is that going to project onto your child no and like you know we touched it she wasn't she said she wasn't a good mother Mm, to her baby imagine like yeah like you said yes it could go either way and she'll become like the absolute best mother to this new baby but what are the chances like if 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 you had like say there's there's two Maltesers, there's a green one and a red one, and they tell you oh one will make you die, you don't take any because you don't want to die. Like that one one will kill you, so you just don't, and it's your decision. Welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED talk. Bye. <laughs> Mama's code out. Mama's code.